U.S. lawmakers can hardly agree on anything these days, but at least one bipartisan group is looking to rein in the immense power of big tech with a set of antitrust bills. Let's break down what this means. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With us to discuss what's going on is CNET senior reporter Joan Salzman. Welcome, Joan. Hi. So a group of U.S. House representatives introduced five bills targeting the likes of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. What do these bills actually do or spell out? Right. Well, collectively, they really do represent some of the most substantial, if passed, would be the most substantial change to the basic principles of antitrust law of antitrust law in the U.S. Um, in generations. You know, most of the main legislation that we have dictating things like monopolies, what defines a monopoly, how to enforce to prevent monopolies from forming, they're over a century old. And so collectively, they represent a bipartisan, you know, as you said, nobody seems to agree on anything in Washington at this stage of our history, but Republican, Democrat, both sides of the aisle agree that from their perspective, big tech is too big. I mean, specifically, like what what are some of the problems? And I know they're somewhat specific to their individual situations, but ultimately, like beyond just the broader idea of they're too powerful, like what exactly are is sort of the the big issue that these lawmakers are raising? Well, there's a lot. That's I think why there's five bills. Um, the the bills themselves are the result of more than a year of an investigation in the House. And so, for example, one of the bills, which is probably the most controversial one, it's the, uh, the one that mentions monopolies in its name. Oh, hold on. The Ending Platform Monopolies Act. That's one that would um, make it illegal for a major tech platform, a dominant tech platform, to operate lines of business that create conflicts of interest. So think about Amazon operating a store having access to all the data of sales in that store, and then also selling its own products, potentially leveraging data not only from its own sales, but from competitor sales. Um, There's another bill that is pretty similar, um, which kind of deals with the idea that um, dominant platforms can give preferential treatment to their own services and products over those of competitors. So in this Amazon example, you can also look at how Amazon can preferentially surface its own products when I search for T-shirts or toilet paper or whatever. You know, it's Amazon Basics um products can be given that preferential treatment, not only when you're searching, but when you're looking at recommendations. Um, So one of the bills is targeting that. And then there's other ones that target the fact, you know, that consumers, when you have platforms that are so dominant, whether it's Amazon or Google or Facebook or Apple, um, there are sort of built in uh, structures, there's built in obstructions to you switching, you know, it's really hard for you to, if you're you know, baked into having an iPhone, it's hard to switch over to Android if you want to transfer all your contacts, if you want to make sure that you can kind of, it's definitely not, it's definitely not designed to be a seamless experience going from one of these dominant platforms to another. And so there, for example, that's another thing that one of these other bills is targeting. And then there's two others, um, one that's just going to, it's designed to change merger filing fees, which sound, you know, it sounds pretty boring. Um, It doesn't affect consumers. But the point is that by changing these filing fees, it will imbue 
the De Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission to have more money so they can pursue more activity and go after, uh, you know, have the resources to be able to chase down this agenda. Right. I mean, because one of the other issues beyond you know having dominant platforms is that they could just scoop up potential competitors before they become a threat, right? That's that's something that Facebook has been accused of doing, right? Right, yeah, and that's the, sorry, I didn't mention that one. That That's the fifth bill, um, which is designed to prevent companies and also, and you know what's interesting, it, it's designed to prevent companies from buying smaller competitors so that, you know, they aren't threatened by somebody that's more innovative or thinking about things differently. But it also moves the burden of proof from the government. You know, previously the government had, had has had to prove that a company is being anti-competitive. But the new bill would change that burden of proof so that it's more focused on companies proving that they aren't, which would make it, it changes the dynamic in actually going after these companies. Got it. And what have the companies said about this, or have they even commented on these bills yet? No, largely companies have not directly, if we're talking about the big four, um, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, they haven't had... Um, direct responses to the unveiled legislation that came out on Friday. They've, a couple of them have said, you know, they pointed to trade groups that they're part of. And it's certainly trade groups and other organizations that, you know, obliquely represent these companies have said things like it's going to harm the U.S.'s um, economic power in the world that, you know, this period where these particular, you know, these four companies in particular have risen to such dominance has also coincided with a time where consumers are offered um, a wide range of services, often free. Um, it's, you know, you can argue that in many respects it lowers prices for consumers. And that's been sort of the guiding principles of competition enforcement in the U.S. for a long time. Does this harm consumers? It doesn't help them. And so what these bills are doing is I think there's been this consensus both on both sides of the aisle that even if it does make things better in terms of pricing for consumers or costs for consumers, we need to start thinking about, these lawmakers are saying that the country needs to start thinking about what are the other costs beyond just a consumer's price? What is the cost of competition for rivals? And what is the cost that people pay in their privacy, um, in their access to information? Those are things that are being integrated beyond just, you know, back 100 years ago, it mattered if you had to pay more for a sewing machine or not. Or, you know, when we're talking about, you know, railroad monopolies, if your ticket to go from one end of the country or the other on a railroad is able to, you know, that company's able to have extreme pricing dominance over that, that price fixture. Um, the world has just changed and these bills are trying to, they believe, Zollmakers believe, is going to adapt for what is a new competition landscape. Got it. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it seems like a lot of this is not necessarily about price, but also uh, avoiding the stifling of innovation of that next Facebook or next Google, right? That that small company that may not have a fair shot because these companies are so dominant. Uh, you know, you make the point in your story, this isn't necessarily the first time these companies have dealt with regulations, at least overseas, right? Like, what are some of the other examples of, uh, you know, laws that have been put in place to curb some of their power? Yeah, the the locus of um, competitive antitrust threats to these companies before has been in Europe, because in Europe, the laws, um, there's just lower thresholds to prove that a company has been anti-competitive in the European Union's framework. And so, um, You've seen Google, for example, I think has had upwards of $9 billion 
in um, fees because of uh, anti-competition decisions in in Europe. The U.S., um, even though the U.S., you know, the kind of legal framework, the legislative framework around antitrust, there's a kind of a higher threshold you have to meet in order to be considered to be violating U.S. laws and regulations. Um, We've certainly seen in recent years and, and definitely last year, a heightened willingness to go after these companies. Last year, there was two U.S. federal cases filed, I think, against face- one against Facebook and one against Google. Um, and then certainly there have been states, state attorneys general that have been pursuing their own actions. Some of those have glommed onto federal cases against those companies. So even within the U.S. framework, um, there has been agitation to take on the fact, take on the dominance of these particular companies. And what we're seeing now is certainly a ratcheting up of that agenda of actually changing the fundamental laws that these companies have to provide. Right. And, and I know your primary beat is in media, and that's an area where companies have wrestled with some of these big tech players. What are some of them saying about this? Yeah. Um, well, maybe it's by virtue of the fact that I cover the media world, but two companies that reached out to me immediately and said, we have something to say about this. One was Roku, which is in the currently in a spat with Google over um, its terms for YouTube TV, which is a live television streaming service. YouTube TV hasn't been available for people to download on Roku to use because the two are trying to work out a new carriage agreement, basically. And for weeks, I think months at this point, Roku has said that um, that Google, owner of YouTube, has been exacting these demands that are monopolistic, that are seeking to abuse the fact that it's such a dominant company um, and extract terms that would not be considered for any other app if it weren't Google. And then Spotify, you know, speaking of Europe, Spotify triggered an investigation into Apple in Europe, which has resulted in um, a judgment against Apple for being anti-competitive in its app store. There hasn't been a a decision made yet on what kind of fees or what kind of repercussions Apple will face. But Spotify was like, yeah, this is what we've been saying. (laughs) You know, Spotify's complaint is that Apple Music competes directly with Spotify in the app store But Apple Music isn't subject to the so-called 30% tax that Spotify is. Apple charges a 30% commission on um, digital goods and services in its app store, but Apple doesn't have to pay that 30% tax itself. And so those are just, I mean, those are two companies that have spoken out in favor of this sort of broad, far-reaching reform to competition law. Absolutely. And I, I don't think they've said anything yet, but obviously Epic is another one of those companies that has been very vocal. They're they're still awaiting a decision on their own lawsuit against Apple over the App Store and that and that 30% cut. So uh, lots to lots to dig into. And this is clearly just the beginning of the story. Joan, thank you for your time. You can check out our big tech versus DC coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.